Hey everybody, I'm Ryan. This is Ty. You're about to listen to that wrestling show. And that's the bottom line because we said so. Alright everybody, welcome to finally the first official episode of that wrestling show with Rye and Ty. I am your host, Rye, along with my co-host, Ty. Yes, our names do rhyme. <laughs> and uh, we're finally here. We're finally at it. Ready to, you know, talk some real business this time. Been too long, man. Like, the build-up was, build was really good. The build-up yeah. was really good. For anybody that uh, didn't really pay attention, we had a couple... Uh, we have a couple of things on our podcast pages, by the way. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, anything you can think of. We are there. Uh, we had an update for you last time. Uh, we, we of course, initially were going to uh, do an episode on the first two Royal Rumbles, 1988 and 1989. And we did it. Did it. And It was we, fun. We were both here. It was fun. <laughs> it, it went really well. Felt good. And the next morning, the file was not there, even though I know I saved it and yada yada. <laughs> so basically, it didn't happen. And uh, we just decided to table that maybe for another time and move on. Maybe, maybe it was not meant to be. Perhaps. Because... Of today's episode, which we'll get into in, uh, in just a few minutes, but uh, you know, I, I was I was so disappointed because that episode went really well. Yeah, great way to break the ice. Uh, of course, you know the Royal Rumble had just happened uh, recently. I mean, it was after when we did that, but it was Royal Rumble season. We we're like, you know, let's just let's talk it up, uh, start off with the Royal Rumble. So, you know, it is what it is. But just know that we had it all intentions of <laughs> releasing it, and but that brings us to today's episode, which is. Our first official episode, and maybe, like I said, it was just not in the cars to do the Royal Rumble because our first official episode we're doing on the biggest superstar of all time. Right. What yeah. better way to start it out? Start it I, off with a bang. I know. We, we talked about when we were doing the 89-90 the Royal Rumble, or the 88-89 uh, Rumble, we talked about there was no other way we could start our podcast than by doing that. And uh, maybe we were wrong. Yeah. Maybe the only way to do it is to start it off with the best ass kicker of all time. Right, exactly. So, uh, for again, anybody that's paid attention to anything that we've uh, discussed, uh, this episode that we're doing today, we are calling Defining Moments. And we actually put a poll up for everybody. Uh, you know, we wanted to kind of get your guys' input. We kind of left you hanging for a little bit, you know, not, by per- not on purpose. But uh, we wanted to get you guys involved and see what you thought. So we put a poll up on who uh, you wanted us to discuss for this episode. And it was either between Goldberg, who was arguably one of the biggest stars in WCW's history, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they were both on fire, really, at the same time. So it was a landslide, Stone Cold, which I I kind of had a feeling going in. Nothing against Goldberg. And... You know, that's not to say we won't do that eventually, sure, but we, sure. we wanted to know how you guys wanted it to start off. So we're talking defining moments for Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we're going to give a little backstory, uh, lead you into these moments. But the two moments we are discussing, you know, arguably probably the two, I don't I don't know, the, the moments that just launched him. Yeah. Like, like, just like it put him in our faces and then we just couldn't get enough of him. Right. And we're discussing uh, his King of the Ring, 96, uh, winning the tournament, and the famous Austin 316 promo, which, Ty, you can see. Yeah. Nobody else can see. I am you know couldn't do a Stone Cold episode without branding my Austin 316 <laughs> shirt. Right. And then, of course. Looking good. A match, which, you know, I, I've said it numerous times, what I consider probably the greatest pro wrestling match of all time, my opinion, and maybe the most important match of all time, is his WrestleMania 13 match with Bret the Hitman Hart, a submission match of all things at WrestleMania 13. Um, we're going to be talking about those today, and uh, so let's get it let's get it started. So we're not obviously just going to jump right in. Boom, King of the Ring happens. We're going to give you a little backstory here. So let's let's backtrack a little bit to the younger days of a guy named Stunning, Stunning Steve, Steve Austin. Austin. You know who was a great hand in WCW. I I loved him. Uh, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the Hollywood Blondes, uh, him and Brian Pillman, were one of my f- absolute favorite 
tag teams uh, when I was a kid. You've maintained that for a long time. Loved watching them. Still do. Uh, I'm obsessed with their entrance music. I think it's (laughs) amazing. Um, Sometimes I can't believe how pretty... Steve was. He he's a good looking dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I always put thought all he the was, hair and everything. Yeah, I, I always thought he was rugged and like handsome and good looking or whatever. But I didn't know he was pretty. Right. I, I mean, I forgot that he was pretty. I guess is is better. And you know what's funny? There's some. There's a. There's one distinct look he had. I think it was like maybe ninety three, ninety four. It was. It was towards the end of his WCW, and he's just got a beard and his comb over. He reminds me of James Hetfield. Of like ninety six, I'll have to show you after the show. But he, <laughs> I can see that. I, I mean, it, it's almost spot on. But anyways, uh, and uh, come the end of his WCW career, uh, wasn't you know didn't feel like he was getting the spot he deserved, and uh, you know ended up getting fired because you know I mean there's stories here and there he was injured, they didn't find any use for him or whatever it was, and then he goes on to ECW where we kind of see the beginnings of what would become a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, you know, the famous story of Paul Heyman calling him just to come do interviews, and he was going to pay him just to come up there and talk because right. he was hurt at the time and gave some of the best interviews probably in the history of wrestling. I mean, you know, even coming from the early days of ECW where they were not on a national level yet, at least not television-wise or anything, and they were still fairly underground. and. You know, Stone Cold goes in there and cuts these promos that people still talk about to this day sure. because it's, like I said, you could see like the early beginnings of what would become Stone Cold. Right. Uh, so he spends a little bit of time there, and then he gets the call finally from Vince to come to WWE, and they bring him in as the ringmaster. <laughs> you know, even though he just got done doing some great talking and promos, and you know some. Pretty okay matches in ECW. We're going to bring him in as a ringmaster. He's not going to talk. Ted DiBiase is his mouthpiece. And uh, he's the million-dollar champion, the first one ever. (laughs) People don't realize that. I mean, you know, other than the million-dollar man, you know, he was the first million-dollar champion that Ted DiBiase, you know, like proclaimed. So, um, and then, as it goes on a few months later, Ted DiBiase ends up leaving for, uh, for WCW. And now we're coming around to the King of the Ring. Stone Cold doesn't have his manager anymore. He's on his own. And uh, as the story goes, you know, Stone Cold was not the original one to uh, win the King of the Ring. That was going to go to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's weird. to th- it's You know, you think of things that happen, and then you're like, man, what if this didn't happen? So many chain of events like, kind of deal. So, and what I'm getting at is... You know, the reason that Triple H ended up getting pushed out of the picture is because of the Madison Square Garden incident with the click and the curtain call. Curtain call. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, which by now, if you don't, I don't know where you've been. But uh, basically, the lines got blurred between good guys and bad guys. And you saw everybody in the click other than uh, uh, Sean Waltman, 123Kid, X-Pac. They were all hugging and being buddy-buddy in front of the live crowd. And uh, basically, uh, that was the send-off for Diesel and Razor because they were going to WCW. Sean was the champion. They couldn't do anything to him. Hunter was kind of the scapegoat. So it's weird to think. If that didn't happen, would we be talking about what we're getting ready to talk about today? Yeah, right. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe Maybe other moments, but, I mean, this... This spurned, like, a lot of history. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... It literally rewrote history. It, it changed... And it changed the business, because now, you're, you know, uh, in, in a way, you're kind of blurring the lines of, like, you know, who do the crowds cheer for? Do they cheer for the heels now because they like them and they know who they're friends with and yada, yada, all this kind of stuff? And, you know... And then, of course, it rewrites history as far as the television product goes because now what we're talking about today a guy who's getting you know a spot because somebody else had to be taken off television or is in the doghouse whatever it may be (laughs) so that happens and uh now you know we gave a spoiler for something that's over 20 years old but you know (laughs) you know now we're at the king of the ring one of the moments we're going to discuss uh discuss today and uh, you know everybody knows the king of ring tournament single elimination you know Boils down to the finals match. Winner comes king of the ring. 
and they used to do the whole tournament on pay-per-view right. or at least they would do qualifying <clears throat> matches and then they'd do the you know the the four first round two second round final blah 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 right and this time they kind of cut it down to a semi-final and then final probably just so they can make room for other matches but yep. uh so Stone Cold uh, makes it to the semifinals by beating uh, Savio Vega. Uh, I don't remember who Mark Marrow beat to get there, but basically our semifinals for the Canyon Ring tournament, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mark Marrow, and on the other side of it, you got Vader versus Jake Roberts. Looking on the card, you're kind of you almost kind of see where it could go. Uh, you know, most people would probably assume Vader would just completely squash right. yeah. Jake Roberts, and you know you're gonna have you know Stone Cold climbing a mountain against Vader. And yeah. Maybe even Vader, you know, maybe he was the one to, uh, the favorite to win the King the of the Ring. From, from, yeah, after From him. a fan's perspective, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even Jake Roberts, because they had been pushing for a while, or maybe this was kind of the start of it, you know, of Jake's, like, like a, this comeback story. Like right. this guy who's, you know, trying to climb the mountain once again and, you know, be on top. Um, So we'll, we'll talk about the match with uh, – Stone Cold and Mark Marrow, obviously, because that's who we're talking about today is Stone Cold. And uh, I, it was a pretty decent match. It seemed to, I don't want to say it dragged, but it was a pretty uh, lengthy opening match, especially for a King of the Ring tournament match. Um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I kind of felt like it dragged. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. <clears throat> I uh, Sometimes I have trouble watching like uh, matches that involve people like Stone Cold and Mark Merrill. Right. You know. Just because I know how I know what happens later on. You right, know? exactly. But I, I kinda felt like it dragged on. Yeah, had a lot of false finishes. Now one important thing right. that happened during the match was uh Mark Merrill went to do a flip outside and I mean he did the flip and then when he hit Stone Cold, uh busted his lip open. That that that's when a lot of people think it was. I, I I'm trying to remember I think it was a corner spot or something, he got hit. With a boot or something like that, and that's that's what busted his lip. People think it was when the flip happened, but you know that it looks like that's that's when it happened. Was yeah. when the flip happened. But a little uh, rough. And uh, Stone Cold got busted big time on his lip. I mean, his, right. lip, his lip was split. <clears throat> yeah. Um. And so, obviously, Stone Cold goes on to win that match uh, with Stone Cold Stunner. And uh, you know what a lot of people don't know is he ended up having to go. Uh, I don't know if he, he might have got stitched up backstage. I think he got I think stitched, he did. Yeah, yeah, stitched up backstage. Most of them, most of they, them would. But they, they announced that he went to a medical facility <laughs> to, right. to get it done, even though they everybody knows they have doctors and stuff on <laughs> hand. But uh, so, yeah, Stone Cold moves on to the finals, uh, you know. And, you know, let's jump to the, to the next match because we've got to talk about it is Jake Roberts and Vader a little bit, you know. Um, obviously, Jake Roberts ends up winning the match, uh uh, by disqualification, I believe, because uh, Vader. Um, I mean, I can't remember what happened. I probably should have watched this back. I was more focused on what Stone Cold was doing than Same. anything. I feel like there was some sort of medical. Could not compete. Am no, I making, am I making something up? Yeah, yeah. You're th- probably. You're, I think you're thinking ahead. After this match. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Jake's ribs. Yeah, yes. Vader. I think Vader beats him or something. He, he, he might not let it go like a count, like a five count or something like that. Something silly and hokey. You know, Vader's probably beating him down in the corner. The referee's counting to five, and that's right. Actually, I think that's oh, what happens. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, so the, but the story of that is that Vader kept attacking his ribs. So that's something leading into the finals. You know, Jake moves on, but he's got this ailment now. And, again, trying to build him up, and can he fight through the pain and all this kind of stuff and, and – you know, get to the top right. once more. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to the finals. And uh, so we got Stone Cold against a, you know, now ailing. Ailing. <laughs> uh, Jake Roberts. Old. Aging and ailing Jake Roberts. <laughs> and uh, I, he did not look good. No, no. I mean, this is a bad time for him. That's what I remember from the last time I watched this uh, pay-per-view was that I, I couldn't believe that they had put somebody – in his position in right. the finals of the King of the Ring, right? Because I felt like it was too easy for Steve. I 
I, I might be my timing might be off, but I think at this point Jake had a little bit to do in the uh, creative side of things. I think he might have suggested trying to get Steve over, and uh, you know, not not necessarily putting himself in the spotlight, but he was going to, you know, he knew that he could maybe help launch, you know, or, or at least get a good, nice stepping stone for Steve and help get him over. Yeah, um, kind of show that vicious side to him. Jake wasn't shy about his his demons. Right, he knew that that was something that Steve could pick on. And uh, so, obviously, when we get to this finals here, and you know, Jake, you know, before the match is backstage receiving help. You know, he's telling Gorilla Monsoon, uh, you know, president of the WWF, <laughs> that he's going to go through with the match. And uh, so we get there, squash, just total squash match right. from Stone Cold's just beating the shit out of his ribs and just constantly dropping elbows on him, kicking him, all that kind of stuff. And of course, Jake makes a slight comeback or whatever, but then Stone Cold just once again goes towards the ribs, you know, doing those football shoulder tackles in the corner and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it was great watching. I love going back and watching old Stone Cold. Like, I mean, because he, God, he was just a bad SOB. Like, I mean, I really, really was. And I'm not even, you know, not saying I don't enjoy anything that he does, but just like, when you watch his stuff before he became what he was, man, you, you could just tell he had a mission. Like, he was going to put on the best match of the night or he was going to die trying. Yeah. Or at least give the, be- that. Yeah. give the most effort anyways. He might, you know, maybe his opponent wasn't going to allow him to have the best sure. match. But yeah. he was going to make the best of his time. Um, and obviously, uh, Stone Cold wins with the Stone Cold Stunner after, you know, they try to come down and stop the match. And then, you know, Jake giving the whole, you know, swinging the fingers, you know, so the TV audience could see that he was saying no. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Stone Cold just goes back to beating the shit out of him, gives him the stunner, and uh, that's it. And so Stone Cold is the king of the ring. And, uh, you know, obviously the thing that people remember most from this, because it's still talked about to this day. Yeah. You know, uh, anytime. I mean, you got two dates you can pick from. You can either pick from March 16th as 316 day, because that's the day, or well, not the day, but, you know, Austin 316, or June 23rd. I mean, that's pretty much the day Austin 316 was born. Right. And so, I, I mean, this promo is just, like, it, it top five, maybe even top three. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... Off the top of my head, I can't think of one that would be any better that sticks out, so it may be the best promo of all time. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I would maybe even put Ric Flair's 92 Royal Rumble victory promo up there as well. Right. You um, pick a thing from Rock here and there or something like right, that. But right, For but sure, I mean, like, got to be, if for nothing else, then what it led to. Right, you exactly. Know? You know, the shirt that I'm wearing is – all because of that promo and probably the shirt that millions and millions and millions of other people have. Well, yeah, of that. of that of that kind of shirt where it's just it, it, the one he's wearing is a black T-shirt with the white letters that say Austin 316. Yep. You see him everywhere. You saw him everywhere. And like uh, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking that it's got to be like top three right. selling shirt of all time. Right? Yeah, maybe the probably the top, one. probably the top selling yeah, shirt. Like I mean, maybe maybe Hawkamania, the red and yellow. Maybe. I still think Stone Cold's. And, Probably higher. Yeah, and then you got the NWO, like the only right. the only two that I can think that might rival it. But so we get to the Stone Cold's walking up to his uh, throne. Yeah, to the area where they crown the King of the Ring, and it, it's funny too because you know going back watching it, you you kind of think like, does he like is he really going to uh, wear the crown? Yeah, wear the wear the cape, right. hold the scepter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. And it's funny too. Like, there's little things that I notice. Like, I, I have a hawk eye when it comes to like stuff like this. But it's like when he's walking up the steps, and you go, you got Doc Hendricks slash Michael Hayes. You know, the fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold. You can see him. He like stops and like looks at the stuff, and he like does that little scratch of the head thing. Like, <laughs> this is stupid. Wasn't like, sure, yeah. like I'm not. This is the most ridiculous stuff ever. <laughs> and you know, so and it's just it's it's just so. Some of the stuff just funny to me because as soon as he gets on the mic, the first thing I want to be done <laughs> is to get that piece of crap out of my like. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so uh, let's see. I'm gonna try to transcript it off the top of my head. So he says, "The first thing I want to be done is get that piece of crap out of my ring." And the people kind of boo him at first because sure. everybody was 
Everybody was somewhat rooting for Jake. And, yeah. then, and then he says, don't just get him out of the ring. Get him out of the WWF. Because I proved without a shadow of a doubt, son, you ain't got what it takes anymore. And then, uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on it. I don't think he goes to, to the sit there to thump your Bible. He might. I don't remember. But anyway. uh, I remember Thunderbird. Get you a bottle of Thunderbird. Oh, yeah. All he has to do is get him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird <laughs> and uh, dig up some courage that he'd have had back in his prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, don't, I don't remember that. But anyways, he's and this is another thing where I have a Hawkeye for. I mean, you have to really catch it because it's not on camera very quickly. But then when he says, uh, you know, you sit there and you thump your Bible and say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. On that part where it says it didn't get you anywhere, it's showing Jake from behind, you know, being helped to the back. And I believe it's Mike Kyoto, the referee. Uh, when Stone Cold says that kind of stuff, he kind of does this little thing like, like he kind of nods his head as in like, well, he's yeah, he's right. <laughs> like, because it's like, you know, it, didn't it, didn't, anywhere. it didn't get you anywhere. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, true. <laughs> like, you have to watch it. Anybody that's listening, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's a quick like second you have to really see him he's just like yeah <laughs> and uh and then of course uh you know sit there think for bible separate to get you anywhere talk about your psalms talk about your john 316 austin 316 says i just whipped your ass and then the crowd just right there like they just i don't know they like sunk their teeth into him yeah and i mean the rest of the promo itself is 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 really great and of course Doc Hendricks is like, come on, that's not necessary. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> classic Michael Hayes stuff. Yeah, and then I think then I think he jumps into that. All he's got to do is find him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and dig up some of that courage he had in his prime. And it's like, as the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the. And he's and you can see it, he's got a sarcastic look in his face. He goes, WWF superstars. Yeah. You know they're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's Stone list, Cold's and I'm list. fixing to start running through all of them. Yeah, I mean it, it's great, and it, uh, it's funny too because then he when he steps back from the mic, also there's this one point where the crowd's kind of booing him a little bit, and you can he mouths it, and you can hear it on there. He tells them to piss off. Piss off. <laughs> Just that little stuff I love about it makes it great. But then it, you know then when he goes on to talk about uh, Davy Boy and Sean because they were main eventing that night for the title. Because typically, I think what it was is the winner of the King of the Ring eventually got a shot at the champion. Uh, like, I know Owen did when he won. Mabel, in 95, he went on to face Diesel. Uh, it didn't really happen this time with Stone Cold. I don't, I don't know why that was. I guess they just had something else in mind for him. But, uh, you know, and then he says, you know, when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And the crowd, they loved it. Like they, they were, yeah. it seemed like they had already bought into him. And then he drops that, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. And uh, Michael Hayes, anything but humble. <laughs> and yeah, that was oh man, legendary. And then, and then his goofy ass music started playing. Oh yeah, the like is that like serial killer music? Yeah, like, I, what yeah, is that? I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I I would I, I can't even try to recreate what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. This this was long before the glass breaking and the, <laughs> and the famous guitar riff. You know that we all know, uh, know and associate with Stone Cold. You know, it kind of reminds me now that I think about it. Kind of reminds me a little of Mankind. Yeah. I, you know, I was as soon as you started saying that, I was like, I was thinking Mankind. Yeah, right. What he's gonna say? Kind of sounds like a little, little bit, but yeah, yeah, it's like I think well because I think what they were trying to get across across with him is his Stone Cold name. Like they were really like focused on that and him being like cold blooded, yes, yeah. kind of a silent but deadly type character. And so I think that's what that music was. But yeah, it was very very weird to watch for <laughs> Stone Cold and odd. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and of course again the promo that just launched everything mm -hmm. for him. I mean that that jump started, you know. And of course, the old, you know, the next night there was Austin three sixteen signs. You know, went long before there was Austin three sixteen t shirts. Yep. I mean, and everything was just taken off. And then he kind of next couple months wasn't almost kind of not. I don't want to say got like pushed to the side, but it, he wasn't as prominent, at least not pay per view wise. Um, and then he starts challenging Bret Hart because uh, at the time Bret obviously was gone from WWE after his match with uh, Shawn Michaels at uh, WrestleMania 12, the classic Iron Man match, which I know we will talk about uh, some sometime 
in the future because um, you know one of the top five greatest have, matches. Yeah, you have to you, you have to discuss time. it. Uh, you know, and it was you know instrumental in both men's careers. But Brett took some time away because he had been with the company for I believe twelve years at that point and hadn't really had a break or nothing. Uh, so he took a long and well-deserved break, uh, for sure. And uh, at the time, was kind of in negotiations with WWE and WCW. WCW yeah. was trying to make a play for him as well. And he was kind of leading it on and leading it on, wasn't giving, like, for sure answers. And I don't know if it was... I, I don't know when the time lines up, but I don't know when Brett officially decided he was coming back to WWE, but eventually Stone Cold started calling him out. So I don't know if that was their way of trying to get him back in or if maybe that was something that they told Brett or maybe Brett suggested. I don't know. Maybe Brett said, hey, I want to work with Steve Austin because um, I he, Brett has said for years that he had always tried to get Vince to bring Steve in, like even before when he actually did bring him in. Mm. So because um, Brett, he just said that he felt that he would have a really good chemistry with him. So maybe that was something Brett wanted, like, you know, I, I want to work with Steve right away. So, anyways, um, Stone Cold's on TV calling out Brett, uh, you know, calling him a coward for staying away. And uh, he, he uh, one of the pay-per-views, uh, I believe it's In Your House Mind Games, um, September of 96. They're in Philly. And it's a really funny segment. I think I played it for you one time. Uh, Brian Pillman comes out. To yes. do an interview with Owen um, because they were they had been saying Brett was going to be there and all this other stuff and Brett was you know there was interviews with Brett at home where he's calling them liars and that he never told them he was coming and all this stuff and you know it's weird to think about this now when when I'm getting ready to talk about it so then uh, Owen says you know I there's only a, one reason I can think why my brother Brett is not here and it's because he's scared and uh, he said it's not of me not of you Pillman. Uh, my brother Brett is scared of none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Stone Cold's still trying to be a heel here, <laughs> even though pe- people like him. So they bring out Steve, and it's funny to think about it, especially when you think of like what happened with Brett and Owen, or not Brett and Owen, Stone Cold and Owen later on. And then, you know, Stone Cold against the Hart Foundation. So now you got Pillman and Owen interviewing Stone Cold. Yeah. Because they're all heels. So right. they all kind of get along, whatever. It's just a really funny interview segment. Anybody that wants to look it up, it's In Your House Mind Game, September 96. And it's just funny interview and a really good interview with Stone Cold as well. Um, so then he has a couple off matches. I think at the next pay-per-view he has a match with uh, Triple H. It's just kind of a, uh, a filler match. And then Brett comes back. Brett makes his comeback at Survivor Series 96 in Madison Square Garden. A great match. First match between Steve and, and Brett. And it's a fantastic match. I, uh, Stone Cold is a, I mean, he was pretty much knocking promos out of the park like his <laughs> entire career. But for some reason, this run, man, he was just boom, boom, boom. And, you know, um, I, Todd Pettengill's interviewing Stone Cold. And he says, you know, the return of. You know, Brett the Hitman Hart to Madison Square Garden, and he says, and Stone Cold turns to him, and he's like, "And you think I'm supposed to be intimidated by the way you're building up?" And then he 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 goes on talking and talking, and then you know he finishes it with uh, cliches or cliches and ass weapons or ass weapons, and that's about that's about what you're uh, that's what you're about to get tonight, and that's the bottom line, and just walks off. I mean, he was just killing promos, yeah. and then they had a fantastic match, which of course Brett won. It was his comeback match after uh, WrestleMania 12 was Madison Square Garden. You know, Brett's, you know, obviously huge in the garden. Um, and then, uh, you know, so they're they're building this Brett and Stone Cold storyline, and it, it's I think it's really well done. I mean, it's I think it's one of the more, it's one of the more underrated like long term feuds in my opinion. Sure. You know, of course they had the great so. match, but like you don't really talk about their feud enough because they had multiple matches. And then, so we get to the 97 Royal Rumble, and, you know, uh, controversial finish there because in the match, Brett eliminates Stone Cold after Stone Cold's been dominating, throwing people out left and right, but the refs didn't see it. And Stone Cold, you know, knowing that, keeping that in mind, he sneaks back in, starts eliminating people, and then he actually eliminates Brett last. And Brett knew he threw him. Obviously, Brett threw him out. You know, the commentators are, you know, 
you know, acting like, you know, Vince, even though he's the owner of the company and everybody knows that, acting like he doesn't know what to do about it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he saw Stone Cold get, get eliminated, but the refs didn't see it. So, yeah. and you know, so another kind of wrench in their storyline, you know, something that gets under Brett's skin. And of course you see in Brett kind of turn too. Like the fans are really gravitating towards Stone Cold because of his attitude, you know, his, you know, no nonsense, you know, tough guy persona. And Brett's kind of kind of starting to be like a woe is me type thing, like getting a little whiny and, you know, throwing temper tantrums and fits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, then we, they just like, their feud just keeps building and building and then it just finally implodes. And it's like, so Stone Cold, you know, typically the winner of the World Rumble, as everybody knows, gets a title shot at WrestleMania. Right. Against the champion. Um, you know, there was some... Some hokiness in between. Sean, you know, dropping the belt because he lost his smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was originally supposed to drop it to Brett at WrestleMania. I don't remember exactly how all that goes. But basically, uh, there's a pay-per-view in February. It's called Final Four. And it's supposed to be the Final Four men of the Royal Rumble, which I believe was uh, the – and the winner was going to be a number one contender. I think it was Brett, Stone Cold, Vader, and, uh, and The Undertaker. And uh, Undertaker ends up winning that. And, you know, of course, Brett, I think, eliminated Stone Cold. And Stone Cold calls Brett the match, whatever. So then it's just – so we get to this point. They've gotten to this point now where they are just – they've had enough of each other. they got to, you know, like just really get at each other, like, again. And, you know, then the stipulation comes up that it's going to be a submission match. You know, like one of them has to quit. Yeah. Bret Hart – who is the excellence of execution, the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be, or Stone Cold, this tough Toughest SOB. Son of a bitch on the, yeah. One of them has to give up, has to submit. And, I mean, that's like, that draws you in right then and there. Like, oh, my God, one of these two has to make the other one quit. And you're just kind of like, who? Like, who? Like, how could this... This match could go on forever because yeah. neither of them want to quit. Right. Um, and it's funny there was they had their old Slammy Award ceremonies. They actually used to do like the mm-hmm. legit ceremonies, and uh, I can't remember what award Stone Cold won or he was presenting or something. And he kind of gave a little uh, a little hint. Now when you look back on it, so he was talking to Brett, and he was and he basically said at the end of it, you know, and this match will never be over. And so you just kind of you know he you know he's not going to give up. He's, or he's, you know, he he's basically telling you, I'll, I'll never give up. Yeah. And, you know, when we get to the end here, it's, it's kind of foreshadowing a little yeah. bit. So, anyways, we come to this match. WrestleMania 13, Chicago, hot crowd. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite WrestleManias. I mean, 1997, in general, was a, a boom period for the WWE, a huge transitional period, and I just they were just on fire. I mean, they were really starting to pick up steam, and I think I would – probably give 80% of that nod to Stone Cold. I mean, sure. I think he kind of lit a fire under everybody. Um, so I uh, did rewatch this match back. Yeah. And one of the things, side note, that I miss about wrestling is when something cool or maybe just not even that cool, but like just a chair shot, how many of the uh, flashes in the crowd you could see. If you oh, man. It, it, it's... There's a lot of stuff that happens in this match that makes me think of that. And it's like, um, so real quick, and I'll get to it because it happens pretty early. So here we are, WrestleMania 13, Chicago, <laughs> Stone Cold, Bret the Hitman Hart, submission match. And you got Ken Shamrock as right. a special referee. Obviously, everybody knows his previous history in UFC. And so he knows a little bit about submission, you know, at the time, considered probably the greatest MMA fighter. I don't know if MMA was even really a term at that point. Yeah, it was. He was uh, he was number one or number two. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Gracies. Yeah. The Gracie family. And the entrance, I, I another, like, it wasn't, like, spectacular over the top, but you got the whole, the Austin 316 glass in the aisle way, or in the entrance way, and it breaks, you know, when, when Stone Cold comes out, you know, and, you know, just little stuff like that. It's just really, really cool. And then, you know, of course, when Brett walks out, you know, the com- the commentators make you make a remark, you know, having to step over the broken glass, you know, whatever. And then they get in the ring and they just have their little stare down. And, I mean, I, I love how they just get into it where Stone Cold just double leg takes yeah. it. I mean, uh-huh. just right from the start. 
And uh, so mentioning that, how you talk about just a single chair shot just brought people like out of their seats and the flashbulbs. When they're brawling outside for a little bit, because, I mean, they start out outside for a good five, ten minutes yep. probably from yep. the start, is when they start going into the crowd. That Through really, the legends? Yeah. That hadn't really happened much any like at all. And you, the crowd's like, they just start exploding because those guys are going through the crowd <laughs> and fighting. I mean, because you didn't see that hardly at all. Yeah. Um, there is a little funny thing, I think, in that match as well. Uh, Stone Cold crotches Brett on the on the rail. And yes. then when he clotheslines him over, yes. Brett's leg comes over. And did you have you seen this? I don't think so. He, he I'm pretty sure Brett ends up kicking Tony Atlas like right in the dick. <laughs> I mean, his foot come and Tony's like, he's just like, like. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's I just little stuff that I noticed, man. I don't know why I noticed that stuff, but, you know, and then they're fighting in the crowd and stuff, and then even something simple. Yeah, well, another funny thing is when they're fighting up, uh, Jerry Lawler makes the comment, like, hit that drunk guy in the jacket or whatever. <laughs> Do you know which guy I'm talking about? Yeah. He was rubbing yeah. everybody on their heads. Oh. Like, Stone Cold would, <laughs> Stone Cold would walk by, he'd rub him, and then Brett would be standing there, and he's just got, like, the stupidest look on his face. He's rubbed, And then Ken Shamrock comes up, and then the guy's looking at Ken, and he's just, like, rubbing his head the whole time. It's just, you'll know who I'm talking about too because yeah. he's, wearing, he's wearing like this I think this old like brown leather jacket I'm going to watch it again tonight so I can, I mean, so I can it's, see that it's really funny and, I mean you'll know it too because like I said Lawler makes the comment he's like hit that yeah. drunk guy in the jacket and uh, and then another moment where the crowd just comes up is when um, I think Stone Cold he's it, it looking like he's going to give him a pile driver and Brett backdrops him like on the steps and you hear the whole like the collective like oh from the crowd mm-hmm. just yeah I mean, you really miss that kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's almost like anymore if, if you're not freaking jumping off of a 10-story building. Like, nobody's, nobody's going to care. Yeah, just spoiled, man. Everybody everybody yeah. wants That's everybody. Yeah. yeah, everybody wants everybody to get in there and wrestle like the Hardy the Hardy Boys. Right, or exactly. The Dudleys or Edge and Christian. Like, it's an it's weird because those those matches are like double edged sword. Like you know, not to not to trail off here, but when you mentioned the TLC matches, it's like you know they are very much appreciated for what they were, but then again, they weren't appreciated for what they were because then everybody started having higher expectations instead exactly. of instead of accepting it for the attraction that it was and then moving on. You know, moving on in the sense of not every match can be like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those are those are. It was like back in the day. Like the big match everybody worked to was a steel cage match. Right. You didn't see them all the time. Yeah. Because they were considered the blow off. Yeah. So yeah, it, the, those kind of matches should be like when your mom and dad used to let you stay up an hour late and eat a bowl of ice cream right before bed. Right. You only got to do it like I don't know twice a year. It's but. If you let your child eat it twice a year, and then the following year you let him eat it four, and then you right. just—that—that's kind of what happened. I know that's 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 part of the reason I don't like the uh, I don't like the themed pay per views that they have because yeah. it's just too commonplace, and you can't have matches on special occasions much anymore. Right. All right, back to. So, anyways, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, in this match, I mean, like, I, I have said this since I since I really. Got back into, not, I don't want to say got back into, but really since I've had the chance, since the network's been available, to go back and like just rewatch. I mean, I've had, and you know, and you know me, I've had an ass load of DVDs for years. Ridiculous amount. And, but, you know, with the network, I mean, it just makes it so much more accessible now, you know, to watch <laughs> pay per views that I just necessarily didn't have on DVD. Now, the WrestleMania I did, I had the, I had the box set, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, you said but, a couple buttons now, man. Right. And just being able to go back and, and really kind of, I, I guess I can say do my research or relive, whatever it is, just kind of go back and, you know, uh, fill my brain with, with information and, and, and watch how these guys work. I mean, this match was just a picture-perfect story. I mean, they told a great story. You know, the story was... What is Stone Cold going to do to try and break, uh, make Brett submit? Stone Cold has zero submission right, moves right. in his arsenal. Brett's known as, with the sharpshooter, a submission, submission guy. Yeah. 
And so Brett's story is, you know, he kind of he starts attacking Steve's knee in the process. And I, I, I think what I've gathered is that Stone Cold is really just trying to break beat, beat Brett beat into submission. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, like do what he does best. You know, and I mean, and they get violent in this match too. I mean, and I mean. They have both said that they this was a pro wrestling match. Like they didn't they didn't cover anything in the beginning. They went out there and they called it as it was, and that's something that I really appreciate when you go back and watch. I mean, it's just f- flowing constantly. Like there, there's, there's no little to no downtime. Exactly. There's little to no downtime. There seemingly at no point in the match was the crowd out of it, and uh, it. it like elbows were bigger than just regular ass elbows. Right, I got you. That's, it, kid, right. Like like when Steve was stomping a mud hole, when uh, Brett was in the in the corner, like it just I don't know if it was, but it seemed like it was a lot more violent than his right. normal ass stompings. And like with the crowd, just you know, I I can think of, I mean, there's so many spots, you know, where Brett put the figure four oh, man. on the around, pole around the turn, yeah, around yeah, around the around the ring post, and the crowd's just, I mean, into it, man. I mean, you know, and the and the commentators, you know, they've at least to my knowledge, just the first time I ever I had, at that point at that point had ever seen that done. I don't recall that ever being done at any other time before. And the commentators, I mean, they're calling it great, you know, like like how can Steve like survive from this and all this kind of stuff and. uh you know the crowd is really biting onto that. I think of when um, Brett had some ring cables or mic cables, whatever it is, and he's tying them around Steve's neck, and Steve has the ring bell, and he just launches back and hits hits Brett over the head. Like I think it's, I think it's the other way. I think Steve wraps. Oh, it is. It is. Isn't Steve wraps. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. That's, that's one of the point. Part, I remember that because I um, it stuck out really like a lot to me because it was. <laughs> like violent yeah and, but the, but the crowd you know a simple ring bell shot and the crowd was like going yeah. crazy yeah, over yeah, yeah. It. and of course you know as, er- as steve was like winding up the the cord in his hand you could hear the crowd like Whoa. right yeah, right the like, build up was unbelievable and then the the ring the bell shot oh yeah and then you know of course you know when brett whips stone cold into the uh I mean, I guess he's initially trying to whip him into the commentator's table or the announce oh, table yeah. or something, but he uh-huh. ends up falling through, excuse me, and smacking his head on the ring barrier and instantly bleeding. And, you know, these are, we're talking, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, this is 1997. These are when they had the metal guardrails. This wasn't the padded walls that you see now that they break through every other match. You know, when Stone Cold hits his head and just immediately bleeding. I mean, and, and at that point, you really had not seen anything like that. I mean, it was very rare that you saw somebody busted open, and I mean, and he was, I mean, and he was cut pretty bad, and that, and that really kind of added the, uh, I mean, I guess another uh, another layer of intensity to the match, and like, you know, uh, maybe you know, and and looking back on it, they didn't necessarily need the color, but it ended up adding. Yeah, to it because you get one of the most iconic images in all of wrestling, which we'll get to in just a minute. So you know they're still beating the holy hell out of each other, smacking each other with chairs. You know, um, I think without the, without the blood, the 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 finish finish wouldn't have been couldn't have been it no. couldn't have couldn't have even happened. Right, it wouldn't have been believable. And um, so you know, Brett's. Uh, at one point, Brett does, and I think this may be the chair shot you were talking about. At one point, Brett had Austin's leg in the chair and was going up to on to jump onto it, like Stone Cold had did to Brian Pillman recently. And Stone Cold got up with the chair and hit Brett with the chair, and knocked Correct. him off the top, and and you couldn't see the chair shot because there were so many light bulbs. Right, and I get you know I, I get goosebumps anytime I talk about it. Anytime I sit there and watch it, man, I'm just like, I almost get teary-eyed watching it because I'm like, God, this is just like, you know, and, and you know, maybe that's silly to get like that over, no, no, over wrestling. But no, it's not. It's just like when you watch these guys because you grew up watching it, it's part of your life, you know, to be a part of their life. And, uh, you know, watching them just do what they do best. I mean, I just, this match to me, I've always considered the greatest pro wrestling match but i've also considered it the most important pro wrestling match just because 
of what we're talking about is it's a defining moment because this match absolutely shot Stone Cold into the stratosphere. Like we, I mean, at this point, if the King of the Ring hit my mic, <laughs> if the King of the Ring hadn't sold you on this guy yet, you could not be you you like you couldn't not be bought into him at this point that he's a legitimate top player. Mm. You know, and I mean, he had already done a good job of making his name for himself, but this just like like he's ready. Like this guy's had it in him for years and now it's finally right there for everybody to see. So of course, um we're getting to we get to the finish of the match here after they've done beat the shit out of each other for like 20 25 minutes. And, uh, you, you know, of course, Brett locks him in to the uh, sharpshooter. And uh, so he's got him turned over. And then uh, Stone Cold, because of the blood and all that stuff, and he's trying to get out of it, he slowly starts fading out. And you kind of see it in his face. He's just slowly starting to fade out. And all of a sudden, man, he just, like, he plants his hands into the ground Gives one last push up, and then you get that iconic shot mm -hmm. of the blood coming down, the blood running through his teeth. I mean, oh man, such a great image. In his eyeballs. Yeah, and 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 he manages to push Brett out of it, and they call it like, oh my god, I've never seen this done before. You Nobody's know. ever broken out of the sharpshooter. But Brett hangs on to it, he kept puts, it locked in. Yeah, yeah, puts him in it again, and then of course the finish that we get is Stone Cold passing out from the pain refusing to give up as he we talked about earlier Said. foreshadowed the match would never be over yep uh but shamrock course, had no choice right so shamrock calls the match brett wins because stone cold you know passing out you know and uh so then we get to probably Which shamrock something i'd never thought of until i rewatched it yeah is uh that mma referees have to stop some fights right because the guy passes out right getting choked out or whatever yeah so like it, Shamrock, Shamrock was the per, well an MMA guy. Shamrock would have was the perfect guy right. to stop a match because somebody passed out. And he, uh, you know, real quick before we move on to the like the really important part of the match here, other than the match itself, is Shamrock was. I mean, he wasn't like huge on this match. Like he didn't play like a huge role. But I mean, he for him being new into that world, I thought he did really well. He did really well. I mean, you could tell that he had trained a little bit because there were a couple times, obviously pinfalls don't matter. Right. There were a couple times that like Brett would do one of his moves that he would normally go into a pinning combination with where Shamrock was like sliding over, getting ready to start counting for the three, and then he would realize, yeah. oh yeah, no pinfalls. And, I mean, he was on top of it. Like anytime there was a submission put in, uh, he was on top of it, you know, in there, you know, asking the guys. And also, real quick, I don't. Stone Cold had a really unique submission move during this match. Do you remember it? He kind of had... He, he, oh, it, was like, he, it looks like a crucifix. It was like a crucifix, like arm bar. Like he had Brett's yeah. arm pulled back while using his legs to like, yeah. crank, <laughs> to like crank Brett's neck. I mean, he looked like it was in a freaking pretzel. And it, it was very different. I've never seen that used yeah, before I, or since then. Yeah, I would agree with you. It and uh, So that was really cool. Uh, I believe also in the match... did. I, did Stone Cold use a Boston Crab, I believe, in the match? He, uh, I think I'll, at some point he did. I know that he went for it. I want to I say. I know he tried. No, he, he did. He, he tried to use the sharpshooter, I know, at he one did, point. He did get the Boston Crab, I remember, because Vince, when he, when he finally locked it in, Vince said, and it is effective, because, like, JR and King were both saying, like, oh, it's Boston Crab and something, and then Vince was like, but it is effective. Yeah. When he finally locked it in. Um. So the finish, of course, afterwards, uh, you know, Brett's declared the winner, whatever. You know, he's going to the corners, doing his normal, you know, signs to the fans, you know, because people are cheering Brett because Brett's supposed to be a face right here. And, you know, and at this point, people were respecting Austin. Like, whether you liked him or not, you respected him. And, of course, after this fight, seeing him pass out, the blood, you know, it was kind of felt a little sorry for him. And then Brett starts beating on him after the match. You know, uh, kicking him a little bit and was trying to put him in the sharpshooter again. And, of course, Shamrock intervenes yeah, uh, and throws him off. And at that point, he has a stare down with Shamrock. And Shamrock's ready to go. And Brett cowers off. And immediately, I mean, at the drop of a hat, the booze just start yep. raining down, like, completely. And then at that point, Brett's attitude was just different. 
You know, you can see it when he's walking down the aisle after he exits the ring. It's, I think he flips off a guy at one point. You know, there's a couple of people he still, but, uh, you know, like five and with, but, but you knew what was going on. Like, this is not the Bret Hart that, we, you know, we loved years ago mm-hmm. or even going into this match. <laughs> um, and then at that point, Stone Cold had earned such an appreciation from the audience for that fight and what he'd been, you know, proven that he was – you know, the the toughest guy around. And, the, you know, he was not going to submit to Bret Hart. And uh, so you have what is now affectionately known as the double turn. The double turn. Uh, something that, in my opinion, it's happened a few times, but it n- nothing has ever been as natural as this was. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's not like they didn't – I don't think they necessarily planned it. I think they knew that Bret was going to eventually become a heel – but I don't think they knew it in that very moment. Like, just because Brett was going to back down from Shamrock, they didn't know that Brett was going to start getting booed right then and there. Because yeah. you can't gauge an, an audience's reaction on on something small like that. Heal or face, ninety nine point nine percent of the American public are going to back down from Ken Shamrock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially at that point, you know, yeah. he's being labeled as the world's most dangerous man. I mean, I'm not going to fight him. Nah. Um, yeah, so the double turn takes place, and now we have a heel Bret Hart and a face Austin, which before the match was a reverse situation. And this match just, again, I, I, the reason I say it's the most important is because that was when Austin was going to be the guy. Like, you just knew he was going to be the guy. Yeah. And, you know, of course... He even refused help and walked out on his own, even though he only had one leg. Yeah, yep. Um, and again, something... And, and the big thing, too, is when he was leaving, everybody in the crowd was chanting, Austin, Austin. 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 I mean, yeah. and that was huge. And the, and the commentators made it a point to uh, to make note of that. So, I mean, <laughs> I, to me, to the two defining moments, you know, and there's plenty that we could talk about with Stone Cold. That not by any means is that like the only moments that defined his career yeah. or what. But that was, I don't, I don't think you can talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin without starting there. Yeah, because, and even then, it was still a year before he was ever world champion. So they still built him for another year after that. People, were, and and done very well. Now, granted, of course, you know, which, again, we'll talk about down the road. You know, he had the incident with Owen Hart and getting, you know, dropped on his head, you know, and that kind of slowed things down a little bit. But I think they knew that by the next WrestleMania, we need to put the rocket on this guy because he's just he, – he's, he's taken, like, the company for a ride. I mean, he's, he's changing everything, you know. I, I think, personally – uh, the Attitude Era started around that time. People, most people, don't think it started until later on. But I mean, it, things just changed. Like yeah. every, everything with the company changed, and you know, you got <laughs> people in the audience. They were doing this already, but now you got people openly flipping birds. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like on live TV, and you know, uh, Stone Cold cussing every time he talks. You know, you, you hadn't really had that before, and then you know. He just—it was just a game changer. The match was he a game changer. Both moments were game changers. He was—he was the first guy, the first, the first person who, like everybody liked, even though Vince and the the, the people, the powers that be, weren't trying to make him such. Right. Right. Like, like there I, was no doubt that everyone. Pretty much everybody in the 80s and early 90s and stuff, like, everybody liked Hulk Hogan. Right. But they pushed for that. I th- they wanted yeah. you to like Hulk Hogan. I th- yeah, I think... They couldn't, they could, there wasn't hardly anything they could have done to make you not like Steve. Right. And I think it was the first person that people connected with on a real level. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Granted, it is a character in a way, but that's also who Stone Cold yeah. is. He I mean, looked like us. You know, like he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't have 20, 27 inch python or 24 or whatever hog used to build as. Right. He didn't, he, and he didn't have, you know, the, the, the long blonde hair like a hawk. He didn't come out and rip his shirt off and do things that make him look superhuman. Like, he's, like he, he was just, ready to get down to business. Yeah. He just did uh, what he would, um, the, when he would jump on. Right. Exactly. What, didn't he call it something? I can't remember. 
No, but sometimes I make shit up. You guys, will, I don't know. You, I'm not really sure what you're doing. You guys, right you guys will find out that sometimes I make shit up in my head. Like I, I probably called that something when I was ten or something, and, and thought that maybe they always called it that. But I mean, basically, he just wanted to whip somebody's ass. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly kind of the point I'm trying to convey. Is just like looking for a fight. He didn't do he didn't do anything flashy. He didn't like like there were hardly ever any backhand chops and shit. I mean, he just he, tried to he tried to he, hit you. He wore black trunks and you. black boots. Exactly. I mean, yeah. He was normal. He looked like us. He looked like our dad, other than our dads are a little Talk, overweight. But. Talked like us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like had the had the you know had the redneck voice. You know what I mean? Like and he just was. Yeah. He got to do shit that we would have liked to have right, done right, if right, our right. parents would have let us. You know, again, you know, flipping birds to everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got a funny story down the road. I'll I wasn't tell even allowed to say ass. <laughs> but uh, I'm yeah. still not. I'm thirty. <laughs> and I, I, you know, can't praise this match enough. I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, I don't know where you've been. Uh, I mean, both moments, really. I mean, you could easily look up the promo on uh, YouTube, something like that. I mean, it's easy to find. If you, you haven't anywhere. seen it, odds are you're a new wrestling fan. You haven't been around it much. In which case, you should fly over yonder to Cincinnati and hang out with us for about a month. Right. Uh, I mean... Pro uh, pro wrestling one hundred and one, because a you got when, when we're talking about our first moment with King of Rain, you got one of the greatest promos ever given, and then the next moment WrestleMania thirteen, you got one of the greatest wrestling matches ever produced. Uh, uh, you know, again, defining moments. I mean, in Stone Cold's career, it's what made him Stone Cold. It's what made us fall in love with him. Um, and he, this, the, the role just kept going, man. He's just on fire. I don't, I don't think I've ever, I can't ever recall anybody ever being like on such a role, like on a consistent level, like he, like he was and still is. I mean, anytime's don't go, it's, it's, you know, it's a hot reaction every yeah. time. And I mean, you just think of like all the Monday night rolls in a row, all the smackdowns, the pay-per-views, all that kind of stuff. Anytime the guy hit the arena, you hear that glass break. That crowd is just insane, blowing the roof off the joint. I I went to one house show in 1998. This was pre, still pre his uh, WWE title run, so it was still early, and at the old Cincinnati Gardens. And I mean, just, I was probably there. Just when he came out, man. I mean, just intense like that's that's yeah. what i was looking forward to and i know everybody else was too man that crowd was just just hot yep every 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 building that he ever went to hot and largely because of moments like these and uh yeah man so that, i believe that's uh it for now that'll round out the Kinda. two defining moments the two most defining moments of Austin's career. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way to start this off. I mean, ho- hopefully you guys will have enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed doing it. Again, go back and watch these. You know, relive it for yourself. Just sit in the moment. You know, I, that's one thing I can do when I go back and watch any old wrestling is I can forget of what's going on today or, like, how I see things now. And I can just sit in the moment and enjoy it as it was then. And especially with stuff like this, I I can't ever get tired of. I think I just watched WrestleMania 13 the other night, even like not in thinking about this because I've seen the match a million times. I was just watching it, and then the match came on, and I'm just like, yeah, just sucked right into the television. <coughs> so uh, yeah, first official episode finally, yeah, done. We hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, other than my incessant coughing, it, uh, it felt good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that'll happen. It will. It will. If, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, and we've said it, you know, we we uh, are from the Cincinnati area, and the weather lately has been utterly insane. A literal ninety uh, degree difference. I mean, I think we've had, you know, we're in beginning of February, and this week alone, we've had damn near all four seasons already. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it takes its toll. But uh, you know, again, we thank everybody for for hanging on. And if you listen to this, you know, again, we're sorry that we. It took a little bit, but hey, things happen. But we're here now. Uh, we don't know yet what's to come with uh, with uh, what we might discuss on our next episode. But uh, as of now, just we hope you enjoy this one. You know, obviously, it was meant to be that we were going to talk about you know the greatest 
star yeah. in the history of uh, professional wrestling, um, and talk about you know the defining moments that made him who he was, uh, stuff that's still talked about to this day, um, never gets old. And uh, so, just you know, give us your thoughts and comments on it. You know, after you listen to this, of course. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Anchor as well. Um, any other listening platform that you may have, we are probably there. And if we're not, I'm sure you can find us on any of the other ones. Because if you don't have anything other than Google, I mean, if you have Google, Apple, and Spotify, you know, you're pretty normal to me. If you don't, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know if, why you haven't heard of these by now, but they're a lot more uh, accessible. Right. <laughs> But anyways, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we will keep you updated, of course, on Facebook. Just look us up at That Wrestling Show. When you look us up on Google, Spotify, and Apple, we're That Wrestling Show with Ryan Ty. And, uh, you know, again, we have an introductory episode on there. Uh, I had a little update that I posted a couple weeks ago. Just to keep you guys uh, in the loop of what's going on. And, you know, we were definitely trying to get this out to you. And we hope you enjoyed this. We did. We can't wait to do the next one. We don't know what it'll be, but we got so many ideas that we want to talk about. But if there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. Post a comment to the page. Um, post us, message us, I don't, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, comment on this when we drop it and let us know what you want to listen to. So uh, thanks, everybody, again for listening to that wrestling show with Ryan Ty. You got anything for us? I'm good, man. You you summed it up pretty good, man. All right. We'll see you guys next time on That Wrestling Show. Thanks for listening.